Hello and welcome everyone to episode 26 of the VGC Trainer School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I am joined today by the one and only John and the one and only Tony. Thank you both so much for coming on. We have quite a bit to talk about with, most importantly, home on the horizon. But of course, we're going to get into that just a little bit. But want to catch up with you both first. So, John, how's it going? How are your project teams going? <laughs> the project teams are uh, are going. Some floor is still a dozo counter, but it still has the perennial problem of being smacked around by anything under the sun. And then I've taken a little bit of a hiatus from Iron Thorns to get some inspiration from other teams on that front. Because one way you can build these project teams is to take your project Pokemon and then just stick it on a really solid core. But those kind of feel like cheating, where you're just putting a bad Pokemon onto a solid team of five and saying, oh, look, I built a a team with a cool Pokemon. And I don't often think that that's the best way to build around project Pokemon. So leaving that aside for now, I've been messing around with some uh, rain stuff and some sun stuff just to, you know, change things up, have some fun with hyper offense. I like to vary some things up from time to time, just to remind me that Pokemon is supposed to be a fun game rather than just, a, you know, do your projects or climb the ladder or have whatever objectives you want. You want. So that's what I've been up to. I've been messing around with rain and sun and variations of, you know, using Palafin or using Azumarill or using water, Terra Water, Aqua Jet, Dragonite on rain, stuff like that. Cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you in the idea of like just taking a, you know, a quote unquote underused or bad Pokemon and putting on a on good core. But, you know, sometimes like with, with balance, especially something that is underused could fit with the rest of the five and like help to win some of those mirrors, you know, but uh, that's, that's neat that you're, you know, still trying around, get some, get some inspiration from stuff. That's good. I will say for uh duck fans, I have been trying to use Quaquaval because uh, he was my starter in Scarlet and Violet. He's a Quack. great Arcanine check and he dances around and he's really awesome, but he's still a work in progress. So stay tuned for further updates on the duck team. Sounds good. Sounds good. We look forward to hearing some of those ducktails. I was going to, I was about to do that. I was about to do ducktails. Woo. Beats to it. And that, of course, <laughs> is the voice of our very own Tony. So welcome in to you, sir. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing good. I've just been, I've been entering grassroots tourneys, like Helping Hands in Wide League. Speaking of, I don't know if you know this, Jake. I'm sure you did because I fucking pinged you right away. I, I I was grinding on showdown ladder and I ran into a fan. We have a fan. Hello, fan. So yeah, he it was his name was Zero Ranger. Uh we played in the helping hand and I recognized his name. He didn't know who I was because I have two showdown names and they're not the same as my switch name. So you'll never find me. But um yeah, no, I met a fan and he wanted me to give a shout out to his Serena named Jennifer Lawrence. So I'm I'm giving that shout out so you know this is real. But yeah, it was kind of cool to see that. So thank you all. And I hope to run into you on ladder. You could always just ask if it's one of us. That is very cool. Uh when you when you sent that over, that was that was neat to see in the wild. You know, the the, the funny thing about the that replay that happened on Showdown was like 
there was more text that occurred before the battle actually kicked off because you guys were just like shooting the shit <laughs> going oh, yeah. back yeah. and forth, which is kind of funny to read through. So that was neat. Yeah, it was like the the best part I think was just he was like, I was like, oh yeah, join you know join the server, and he was like, oh cool, 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 the one with the podcast, and I was like, yeah, and he's like are you Jake? And I was like, <laughs> no, sorry to disappoint you. But yeah, so I think that's fucking super cool. That that was the highlight of my week. That is very cool. And speaking of those tournaments, those grassroots tournaments, we actually just completed one just yesterday, the Meteor Mash Milwaukee practice and we had 74 players, which is the most for a VGC Limitless tournament in the last Ooh. four weeks. So big shout out to AOX for handling all those. And for you listening, definitely do join the Discord and you can be a part of something truly massive that is garnering a lot of interest and respect from the VGC community in some of those tournaments. But uh, congrats to you, of course, Tony, for uh, for doing some of those tournaments because they they do take up a lot of time. So it's you know it's nice when you're able to to get in there and mess around a little bit. It was cool, like like because what I think I did my first local, and then I did a wide league Saturday, the Saturday night one, and I got third place in both, and I was like kind of upset. I was just like, oh, I'm just a third place player, I guess. And then I did the wide league that was this weekend and I just did God awful. I just did so bad, but that is definitely the sign to uh, retire the, the ice jugs team for sure. <laughs> perhaps, Rip. perhaps, or may at least put it, put it on the back burner. For a little bit. No, we'll see no. what, uh, what the future holds. Yeah. I mean, no, no, I'm just <laughs> retiring. <laughs> Fair enough. Besides right. that, uh, for me, I haven't really been doing too much stuff Pokemon related. I have been looking at some of the new Pokemon coming in the home update, which has been very exciting and trying to see what teams could possibly be made, what currently works with the some of the Pokemon that we have. I did have to fire up my copy of Shield version because I realized that I never actually com completed Crown Tundra. So I had to go catch Regieliki. So I turned on the game and from some shenanigans, perhaps that I had conducted when I was initially playing, I had four Master Balls already, which was nice. So I was able to just go systematically catch the other Regis because I couldn't just walk up to the Eliki and Reggie Drago uh temple with the other reggies that i'd had from like hoen or from some of the other games that i'd caught them in i had to go catch them in the crown tundra so once i finally did that i sat there and soft reset for a good attack iv for a while i ended up getting two and i was like that's fine this is taking too long but uh i realized just how much of a step back it is to not be able to jump like I was, I was clipping on some of the routes and like going up a hill or something like that. And I'd be like, this is so annoying. Just I'm on a bike, just ride over it. But speaking of bikes, let's shift gears into talking about the agenda for the podcast for today. First, we're going to get to a little bit of news that we have. And then we're going to do a new segment called Future Sight, in which we attempt to predict what could be coming in the future. 
before finally talking about the new Pokemon Home Mons that will be coming with the Pokemon Home update that is already out by the time you're listening to this podcast. As a disclaimer, we do not know as of yet when they will be legal, if they will be legal, or what that process is going to be. We are simply just going to be talking about those new mons that will be able to exist in Scarlet and Violet because they'll be coming from Pokemon Home. But before that, let's get into the news. Tony, can you take this first one, please? Home maintenance has now begun. This maintenance plan to run for six hours until six o'clock UTC. Don't ask me when that is. I do not know. And with Scarlet and Violet update releasing during it, and we'll then gradually let players in over the next day to ease server over server load. In layman's terms, essentially, it the process has begun. So don't necessarily fret if you don't see any sort of update as of now, but it will be happening soon. And yeah, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably already done. True. That's very true. Yes, because we are recording this on Monday the 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern. So by the time, yeah, by the time it comes out, you'll have it, which is good. I've been transferring uh, things all day. So that's, yeah. you know, it's time. You know, <laughs> I still have that level 100 Persian from red and blue. Oh, that's cool. I bet that's got a ton of ribbons on it. It, I, it might. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I didn't know about the ribbons until like, oh God, Sword and Shield maybe. I just never, I never looked at ribbons before. Well, now you can. I know. Speaking of ribbons, get a ribbon, I'm assuming, for winning the world championships. So, John, you want to take the second one, please? So, after a bunch of really big tournaments, Pokemon just decides to release a bunch of gift Pokemon. This past year, we've received a Garganacle from... What, what was his name? GCOC Lee, who won the San Diego Regionals a few months back. Yep. Then we got Gavin Michaels Palafin from OCIC. And now we're going to get the Bronzong from our 2022 Senior World Champ, Yasuharu Shimizu. Um, it's got leftovers for the held item and body press, iron defense, protect, and trick room. So pretty standard set on Bronzong. Um, the code will be shared the weekend of June 10th and 11th during the 2023 Japan Championships. So if you want to see the code, you don't actually need to watch the stream. If you go to cerebi.net, that's S-E-R-E-B-I-I.net, they'll post the code for that kind of thing. It's usually only available that weekend. So get your Cherish, bong, <laughs> cherish Ball Bronzong. Spicer? Spicer, is that you? <laughs> your Cherish Ball Bronzong, not your Cherish Bong Ball Song or whatever it is. <laughs> um, so get it that weekend because it's it typically only lasts for, for a couple of days. And if we get six Pokemon and Cherish Balls, you might be able to make a whole team out of them. We don't know how good it'll be, but you could probably make a whole team one day. That could be fun. And this last piece is we have a pair of national champions to congratulate. First, Yang Dai Wei won the Taiwan National Championships. And second is Peniawut. Noijan won the Thailand National Championships. So massive congratulations to them. Those tournaments concluded over the past weekend. Now, for winning these championships, they earned a World's Day 2 invite and a nice travel award. So certainly a, uh, a great reward for the two of them. 
you should definitely go check out their teams on Victory Road. All of the information is there, at least the six. I wasn't necessarily able to see the moves in the open team sheets, but hopefully they'll be there by the time this is posted. So yeah, uh, so we have, so that's the news. So I wanted to do a, a little you know new segment called Future Sight. Now this is essentially something that, it's like a prediction, kind of like what we want to see, essentially. So it really is the front of mind question of what do you want the next VGC format to be? Because Regulation C is going to conclude at the end of June. That means that the next format should theoretically run July and August. Now, August is when Worlds will be in Yokohama, Yokohama japan and there's no international challenges that are slated or regionals that are slated in july or august so that means that the one and only official tournament for regulation d will be worlds and then the yokohama open that actually occurs you know at world so what do you guys want the next vgc format to be want that's tough um so I guess the the I, I will come with you with a follow up question so I have the right answer. And uh, how long do you think this format is going to last? Reg C was like three months. I think it's going to run for July and August, and then maybe September, because then I think that the DLC is going to the first DLC is going to drop sometime in October. That's I thought it was December. No, the first one is fall. The second one is winter. Right, 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 right. So I guess if I had to choose just for Reg D, I would say, I guess I want home. Like, but you wouldn't want all of home because that's a lot to prep for. So like the uh, the variants, like Alolan, Galarian, I, I'd like to see them. But I'd also like to see the Mightiest come in, like all the Mightiest Mons that you've been doing raids for what for what feels like absolutely no fucking reason um i'd like to see them actually see usage and just that just end the end 2023 off like you know secretly we're all grinding the fucking the mightiest mark but i want to be able to use them give me fucking typhlosion you fucking assholes strong words strong words john <laughs> what, what about you what, what are you what are you hoping to see for regulation d so I'm going to go on a, on a limb here and be a very chaotic human being like I never am Don't and say it. that I want the Paul Dia prologue to be our format. And here's why. Okay. Everyone has been saying, and the for everyone who does not know, Paul Dia prologue was a weekend tournament. It was doubles. It was a ladder tournament on the Switch where you could select either Maridon or Karidon to add to your team, but then everything else in the Paldea Pokedex was allowed. So you basically had two sorts of teams. You either had electric terrain teams or you had sun-centered teams. And a lot of people have been saying, oh, it's going to be a really boring format. There's going to be a lot of mirror matches. But we also thought that Regulation C was going to be a pretty boring format and that it was just going to be balanced for like three months. And it took like three tournaments <laughs> to blow that out of the water. And as we've gone along in Regulation C, we've realized, oh, no, there's actually a lot of different viable options for 
all these different Pokemon that we have. Like there's actually a lot more teams that you need to prepare for and need to take seriously. So I think Paldea Prologue will be a nice way to wrap up the first year of, hey, we've started with a restricted Pokedex and we added Paradox Mons and we added Ruin Mons. Then we're going to like completely add everything that we have in the Pokedex. And I think people will get very creative with how they want to run their Coridon or Maridon teams. Because with Maridon, you have both Electric Terrain and Future Paradox forms, but you could also run Rain with it. But with Coridon, you could run like Howl stuff with Screamtail and Howl, like right next to Coridon. You could run a lot of different sun things. You could run like just a bunch of fire types. You could run Trick Like you can do a lot of different things. So I'm interested to see how people approach the format at the beginning and then how the, the format develops during the summer, if it happens, you know, so that when we arrive at World, it's not like, oh, we just have cookie cutter teams. It's like everybody has to have a different approach because the way that you win mirror matches is not by hoping for speed ties. The way you win mirror matches is by having good techs for them. My my only problem would be you let the you let cried on and ride on be legal for like two months and then would you take them away? A hundred percent. So the idea in my head is regulation D is you allow everything in the Paul D Pokedex. Then regulation E would start the DLC formats and you take away the bike legends. And but just add up, you know, everything but the paradoxes and ruin mons, but you have all the DLC stuff and you do that like kind of staggered release thing over the next year again. Okay, I can see that. I definitely I'm I'm very excited for how they're going to be doing the DLC uh, formats, because I think that to your credit, I think they're going to be doing something very similar to that. So I can see that happening. I enjoyed the Paldea prologue for a weekend. I don't know if I'd want to do it for, for several like for multiple months, but that could also I could definitely see them wanting it to be like just Paldea, right? And they don't want to necessarily bring in world or bring in home because then that would potentially dilute generation nine for the first world championships that they get for the regional decks. What I would want to see is actually regulation A, a return to that. Here's my here's my reasoning. Number one, we have shown and demonstrated as a community that because of Regulation B and Regulation C, the Paradox Pokemon and the Ruinous Pokemon are incredibly strong, and they are going to be around forever. There's a ton of Regulation A Pokemon that we never really see anymore. We also didn't really have much of a Regulation A, which is my point too, because at least the way, at least in, in our circles, Regulation A lasted for two months technically, but it really felt it only like lasted for one month. And that one month was just like the very beginning of January because then, because we were still figuring a ton of stuff out. And then it was the end of January and they were like, okay, well, you know, March is going to be regulation B or, you know, at that point, series B and we're going to have paradox mon. So everybody dropped what they were doing for regulation A and they started building regulation B teams. And that's what, what you saw in those grassroots tournaments on Limitless. I think because of the fact that we didn't have a regulation A in its full capacity, I think they return to that. And that is what the first first worlds is because it's going to be Pokemon and teams that you may never see ever again because they're just going to be blown out of the water by future formats as more things get added. Like what kind of mons are you thinking disappeared after regulation A? Uh, well, Kilowattrel, Mousehold for like population bomb. 
Orthworm was kind of big, but I guess it's kind of popping up a little bit again now. Uh, Garganackle, you don't really see that much anymore. I guess it's more so it's just like I feel like we didn't really have much of a regulation A meta that it kind of just like came and went because people were so excited to use the Paradox Pokemon. Yeah, no, I get that. Because like I remember going to San Diego and then it was like everyone was just like Dozo's going to be everywhere. You know, you're just going to see a bunch of fucking Dozo mirror matches and that's just going to be it. And like my first round was G-Sock. So I was like, that's not a Dozo at all. But then it was like, I think I fought one Dozo and that was it. And I was just like the whole time. And I was like, that's weird. But yeah, I, I could see. I, I know a lot of people want to explore Regulation A still. But because like I'm looking at I'm looking at San Diego, right? And it's like you never see Ferrigraph anymore. You never see. I mean, boy. you kind of see the Tauros forms a little bit here and there. You never see uh, Titan anymore. Yeah. You never you, you don't see Skeledurge anymore for sure, you know. I feel like that kind of stuff would be would be nice to, or like Meowscarada fell off like hard hard. Oh yeah. So kind After of like a return to that just like to give them their their time in the limelight one more time could be nice. I will say like Orthworm showed up as like an anti-palance counter kind of like a midway through regulation C then Obama Snow or Obama Snow, not Obama Snow, but Obama Snow showed up partway through as a palance counter. Right. So I think I agree with you that a lot of these Pokemon have fallen off, but I'll also say that a lot of them, when I have faced them on ladder, it's like, oh, you still have to respect this stuff. True. Because it's not like Miascarada isn't going to completely destroy something if Flower Trick goes into a weakness. Like, you know, if you have a water type or a ground type or whatever, it's going to do a, a crud ton of damage, if not completely destroy it. So I think it's, I think it really is just a case of there are so many viable Gen 9 Pokemon that you could legitimately use that I think people are just like, I want to stick with my thing rather than keep experimenting with stuff to see what's quote unquote the strongest thing. And we'll see how VGC Regulation D shakes out because they do seem to like to announce a format with a month left of the other one. So Maybe we'll get an announcement here in the next, you know, few days or maybe like week or so. But uh, that is the future site segment. We'll see how it all shakes out and what comes to fruition. And if it's none of the above, then I, uh, I'll be interested to see what it is. So next, we want to get into Pokemon Home. Now, Pokemon Home, for those that don't know, is a free-to-use app that you can get on your phone as well as on your Nintendo Switch. There is a paid version that you can get that offers some additional benefits like being able to do a bunch of bulk wonder trades or you can have more Pokemon available to you on your phone or something to that effect. I paid for it at first because I'm a sucker and then I just stopped after like a couple months. Wait, you um, still get to keep them all if you don't pay? Because I'm think still so. paying. Correct. Uh, you you get to keep them on. You cannot transfer them in or out of the extra boxes, though. How many extra boxes are there? So you get one free box. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I think it's like 6,000 total Pokemon you get if you pay for it. Whereas, so what would, would that be like 20? Yeah, 20 boxes or something. Like, no, it's way more than that. But it's like a bunch more Pokemon if you pay for it. Hmm. 
Maybe I need to pay for it for a month just to make sure that I get everything I need. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I I'll look into that. that. <laughs> I have some Google rewards that I can cash in, I suppose. But uh, but yeah, so we'll, you know, once the update goes through, obviously you're listening to it now and it's already completed. So what it does is it gives access to some Pokemon from previous generations and previous games that you can bring into Scarlet and Violet now that they have the, the moves available. In some instances, it's just like the additional forms that you can have access to, such as things like Hisuian Arcanine or Hisuian Lilligan, since we already have Cantonian Arcanine and the Gen 5 Lilligan. I couldn't tell you, you what Unovan <laughs> country that is. You I was the thinking, Unovan Lilligan already. It's, it's New York City. The country is New York, New York City. Oh, okay. It's the great Gen 5, so I don't know. It's well, the greatest I, country of the world, New York. like two hours, but I never, you know, never finished it. Uh, but then they also have some additional stuff that is that is going to be able to come in. So we want to jump into some of the stuff that is really going to take hold of the meta that we think and break them down. And then re- leave some time at the end for some honorable mentions of quick hitters on things that we are excited to use or think will be significant moving forward. Alrighty, so as we jump into these, we do want to make note of the fact that the discussion on the moves and what's going to be allowed and what won't be is a hot button issue for Pokemon fans currently because we're not quite sure about how things are going to work from moving from one generation to the next with what moves will be able to be used and which ones won't. So we're just going to put a blanket statement out there that until we have some definitive clarity from the Pokemon company or Game Freak on how that's going to be allowed, we're not necessarily going to talk about things that they're going to, that they're going to be able to have or going to use, but more so if it's significant, what moves have been added to their move pool, as well as what have been removed from their move pool, because some of these are rather significant and do increase or decrease the viability of a Pokemon. So the first one that we are going to talk about is arguably the most infamous VGC Pokemon of all time. No, not Incineroar, but we're going to jump into the genies with Landorus. So Landorus has two forms, of course, the incarnate version, which is the, you know, it's sitting on a cloud, and then the Therian version, which makes it look like a cat. And so we're so both of them have received some interesting additions and deletions because it's the same move pool. And they are significant in the sense that they both do offer, you know, different things. So the incarnate version we'll talk about first. So First off, some of the additions that are significant. Number one, Nasty Plot on Landorus with a base special attack of 115 as well as a speed of 101. Pretty significant for this Pokemon. Also gets Rain Dance, Stomping Tantrum, Sunny Day, Taunt, and of course, Terra Blast. That one is a given. Some of that, some of those that were removed, uh, Defog, Explosion, Gravity, don't really care, Knockoff, I don't think we had it anyways. Sludge Wave, Superpower, and Weather Ball are some of those more significant ones. And of course, Landorus Therian loses those as well. So Landorus Incarnate is a pretty cool typing with ground and flying. It gets some pretty interesting abilities in Sand Force and Shear Force. 
So sheer force, of course, giving it that extra boost for moves that have the secondary effects. And because we have those ability patches, you can easily get that hidden ability. So Landorus Incarnate with Nasty Plot. Does this uh, spark joy in either of you guys? That's disgusting. With sheer force, sounds disgusting. I'm like sad and that they thought this was like, you know, you know, it'd be cool. What if we just, you know, Landerstarian is cool, but like, what if Landerus, just regular Landerus, got like nasty plot? That'd be cool, right? And then someone's like, yeah, fuck yeah. No, it's not. How dare you? Just nasty plot earth powers. Or nasty plot, uh, what is it, Sandseer Storms? Oh, yeah. We'll get I into forgot. it with all the other genies, but each of the four genies got a uh, special move in Legends Arceus that each of them will get to carry over into uh, Scarlet and Violet. And some of their effects have changed a little bit, most significantly Enamorous's. Um, But for Landorus, it's a spread ground move, special move, 100 base power, 80 accuracy. So you're it's effectively a spread hydro pump, but it's got a 20% chance to burn. So if you're using your landorus incarnate form you have now basically a special form of precipice blades that is increased by both your life orb and your sheer force boost <laughs> and a nasty plot Don't and nasty plot if you want you it, could right? get you you just need one nasty plot and then it's just like i'm just going to flood you goodbye and Gross. the 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 life orb sheer force harmony still works correct yeah so for those yes. who don't know yeah. the the way that life orb and sheer force interact is that if a move would have an effect that's deleted by the effect of sheer force, you do not take life orb recoil. So instead of, you know, you, if your landorus uses earth power, earth power is a small chance to reduce special defense that gets removed by sheer force and powered up and the life orb recoil gets knocked out. So you get two effects in one and, and landorus incarnate is kind of frail especially because it doesn't have Intimidate. So that buff is really noticeable on that Pokemon. So I will point this out just to make the Sansier, what is it, Sansier Storm? Just to make that a little bit better, the 20% burn will not happen if you're Sheer Force. So that's a bonus. Partial bonus. <laughs> Partial bonus. Like, you still will get knocked the fuck out. But, I mean, at least there won't be a chance that you get burned if you're sashed. Yep. Yep. I think what's also really cool is that Landorus has been plagued by a lack of diversity in its stabs. Like, in Sword and Shield, it had all of Fly <laughs> to use for a flying move. <laughs> An Earthquake for a ground move. An Earthquake was shown on stream several times is knocking out the opponent the your allies Pokemon and making these really awkward endgame scenarios. But as Jake said earlier, Landorus now has stomping tantrum. So for the first time ever, it can use a ground move, <laughs> a physical ground move, um, that isn't going to knock out your partner. And I think that's more important for uh the theory and form that functions more as like a offensive pivot that's coming in doing some damage laying some intimidates and then coming back out who do you think got the bigger buff in in reality so like landorus i am assuming landorus will be more of a special attacker and then therian is always going to be physical but like with the stomping tantrum boost uh terra blast is always going to be 
I, I think Terra Blast will be a thing. Like it'll probably be Terra flying Landorus and then just Terra Blast so it gets its own flying set, like early Gyarados. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think more of the buffs <clears throat> will benefit the incarnate form because Nasty Plot is typically gonna be your special attacker. And Landorus Incarnate wasn't that great in Dynamax formats, but it was great and it was much better than the Therian form during the non-Dynamax formats. So you'd see Lando Eye everywhere, but you wouldn't see the little tiger form everywhere outside of Dynamax, just because Landorus just smacks stuff with that stab earth power and sheer force. And also with Landorus Therian, just to touch on that form as well. Now, for anyone who's been playing VGC for you know any part of the last you know five to ten years, they know what Landorus Therian does. And for those that don't, Intimidate obviously is a fantastic ability. It has 145 base attack, which is just insane, along with 89 HP, 90 defense, 80 special defense, and 91 speed ground and flying as well it immediately comes in and is a very good check to great tusk and other physical attackers in the format of course it's not going to be good against you know chen pao and palafin as much because it does take those super effective hits unlike something like gyarados but lander Therian always seems to find a way onto a team because of just the fact that it's very bulky you can run it in a ton of different ways whether it's choice scarf assault vest life orb what have you even rocky helmet i've seen some like very defensive sets do you think them do you think therian comes in and makes a a big of a, sl- a big of a splash because we've kind of speed crept a lot 91 isn't really that fast anymore and ice weakness in this economy with the likes of Max <laughs> Caliber and Chen Pao and Bundle. Bundle. Do you think the Therian kind of takes a back seat? I think so. Unless you terrify her. I, I could so like that was gonna be my question for you guys after every Therian that we go or after every genie was like, what terror type do you think it's gonna be? Uh I, I definitely see Lando just hitting either steel or uh fire. But I, I think it's going to be a Terra Hog. I, I feel like just right now, mm-hmm. because of Iron Bundle and, you know, a theory that we'll come to in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a Terra Hog. So it, it, it'll be good. But like, it'll have like Dragonite Syndrome where it's like, it's really good, but you always want a Terra. What do you think, John? I mean, the, the Fire and Grass Terras make sense because of Amoongus and Arcanine and Burns and stuff. Steel Terra makes sense because of the ice resist. Water Terra, like having basically mm-hmm. another Gyarados, yeah, is really nice. Or like another Water Tauros. Poison is another one that you can have that's just a solid defensive type. As we already said, flying, that's more of the offensive thing where you're going Terra Blast and, and Terra Flying to take advantage of that stab. I was actually just thinking about Terra Fairy. I don't know why it would use Terra Fairy. I don't know if that's just throwing, but I just had the thought of, oh, Lander. Oh, it's because um, with Terra Blast, you would have Fairy and ground coverage, and those two types together are just lights out good. Yep. Basically everything that Fairy is hits into for resistance, which is steel, fire, and poison, ground is super effective into. And so you're like, 
I have basically everything I ever want covered. Also fun fact about Landorus forms is they both get sludge bomb. So I could also see, you know, poison being good that that could also be like a nice little, you know, flutter check if you wanted it to be. So we'll see what happens with Landorus, but I think that giving it some of these additional additional moves, I could definitely see it coming in and making a pretty good uh, impression, especially the incarnate version. Um Set it up well and just kind of go. Moving to another genie. Let's go with the faster one, considering we get another prankster tailwind user in Tornadus Incarnate and Tornadus Therian. Now, Tornadus Incarnate is the prankster version, whereas the Therian version does not have prankster, but instead has regenerator. So looking first at the incarnate version, it is very well known for the fact that it pairs well with uh, High Ogre. And there is a very prominent Torn Ogre team that you would get because Tornadus getting Prankster, it gets Sandstorm, Snowscape, Sunny Day, and Rain, Blant, Rain Dance. So it gets all of the weathers. So it can really fit into any team and set whatever weather you need it to. It also gets chilling water, which is kind of interesting if you want to go with a uh, a little debuff strategy. Interesting to note about Tornadus as compared to the other genies, it is mono flying. It was unique in this for a very long time until Corvusquire and Rookedy came around. But because of the fact that we've seen, obviously, with terrestrialization and mono-flying types, we've seen just how good of a defensive typing that really is. So you get Prankster, you get 115 base attack, 125 base special attack, and 111 base speed nestled in there with the likes of Mousehold and Screamtail. With that kind of speed, it's going to be the fastest prankster user that we currently have access to and the second fastest for setting Tailwind behind only Gale Wings on Talonflame. You get Tailwind, you get not the best when it comes to a move pool for status abilities with, I mean, does get Nasty Plot. Um, it loses things like Defog, Toxic. That's kind of... It doesn't get anything like fake tears or anything like that, but Tailwind is the big one. It doesn't get swagger. Maybe you can do something with that. What do you guys think? Will uh, Tornadus Incarnate come in and be the dominant Tailwind user, or will it continue to be something that we already have? John? I will say that it's kind of cool that it has all the different weather setting um, moves now. So um, we actually have prankster sand with this guy now right we and previously snow. have i think we have like sunny day and rain dance on a couple different prankster mons we don't have like one prankster mon that can set every weather you could possibly want so i think for that reason you can have like these weather centric teams that don't have um a dedicated automatic setter like your snow warnings your droughts your sand streams and your drizzles um we've seen some top cutting teams that use Murkrow as just manually setting sun with sunny day. And that's a viable option. So I think um, that's really cool. And a new role that Tornadus could occupy is setting all these different weathers 
particularly for snow teams, allowing you to have like a flying type that is setting your snow. So you don't, you aren't like stacking up on really bad <laughs> defensive ice types, which is really cool. Um, but importantly, I think more importantly is that we finally have like a good hurricane user because Tornadus yep. I, the incarnate yep. form, has 125 special attack, which is like one of the best special attacks you can get on a flying type. And currently Iron Jugulus is the best in the format with 122. My um, boy. Right? Ice jugs. But uh, Tornadus is going to come in along with Zapdos and Moltres with their 125 special attacks. And you will often see Tornadus paired with uh, Kyogre because you can spam Hurricanes with 100% accuracy in rain. You can probably try to do the same thing with Tornadus without Ky Kyogre now, but you can also use its spread. Uh, I think it's called a Bleak Windstorm or something like that. It has a better air cutter now. So now you have options for your flying moves rather than Hurricane or Air Slash. <laughs> so I'm looking more for I'm more looking forward to seeing the offensive tornadoes and then the weather setting tornadoes in this new format. Yeah, no, the, the weather thing was the first thing that got me because, <clears throat> you know, using ice jugs as an example, uh, you have a bomb of snow and a bomb of snow, like, you know, like John said, it's only sand, sand and snow are the only ones that don't have prankster, you know, prankster capabilities, right? Until Clef Key technically has sandstorm, but does Klefki have Sandstorm? It does not have so Snowscape, but it does have Sandstorm, yes. Oh, okay. Well, then snow, snow is the only one that didn't have it. So now that Snow does have it, it's like, and it has Tailwind. So like, let's just like keep those two like at face value right now. So it has Snowscape, and it has Tailwind. And you have things like fucking Iron Bundle running around. And uh, yeah, just imagine just like, sending out your iron bundle and then your tornadoes that already sounds gross to me and then you just like do a nails thing where it's like choice specs blizzard after you snowscape and it's like this is gross why am i watching this i do think that's like kind of the cool thing because yeah self-setting murkrow is huge right now mm -hmm. and it's like nobody wants to have that like limitation of this slot is dedicated to my weather setter when it's like my weather is optional. And I think that's what's going to, I think Tornadus is going to be a really good support. I, I'd like to see more offensive Tornadus Therian, but I think Incarnate is still just going to dominate. And, and to your point, John, I think the ability that it does come in with Hurricane is so nice because whereas Murkrow is very much that, sure, it gets foul play, but you kind of if you're going into a special attacker, it's not doing very much damage. So it kind of just sits there and yeah, it gets a haze, it gets a tailwind, it gets a sunny day, but it's not really doing much damage. So you don't have to worry about it as much. But God forbid you are in rain facing down a tornadoes, you better figure out what your flying check is going to be because that thing can really just blow you away. Just it also gets defiant too. Fun. Uh yes. Uh <laughs> it also doesn't get defiant as a hidden ability, and we've seen certainly just how good defiant can be. So maybe that could be your anti-annihilate in a way, or just like, you know, flying stab with because it does get, I believe it's gonna get acrobatics as well as, of course, terror blast. So maybe we see something 
on the physical side as well. And then, of course, the Therian version is mono flying as well. Uh, it is much more of an attacker with 100 and 110 for attack and special attack, and then 121 in speed. So it gets a 10 point boost there. It is also relatively bulky 79 HP, 80 defense, and 90 special defense. The significance to Tornadus Therian is that it gets Regenerator as its ability, which is pretty great. And we see it obviously works very well on Amoongus. Now, the benefit to Tornadus T is that it's able to switch out with U-turns so you can actually do some chip damage on your way, as well as set Tailwind and other things of that nature. So I can see maybe something along the lines of this being used, but typically the Incarnate Tornadus is what you see the vast majority of the time. Yeah, I think that the singles players are the ones that usually use Tornadus Theory in a whole lot because in singles you have a lot of switching in and out and you like a Pokemon that can use Defog to get rid of Stealth Rocks or Spikes or all that kind of stuff. And you turning out is really nice to catch a switch. Um, and so a lot of the moves that these genies are losing, like Defog and Toxic and Knockoff, were like transfer moves from Generation 7 and stuff. So I think our singles players who play like OU and UU and all that kind of stuff are really going to suffer mm-hmm. <laughs> when if and when we see that all these transfer moves are actually out uh, for good. But yeah. in terms of VGC, like I would love to see Tornadus Therian be a thing. I would hope it is, but it's probably not. Yeah. Okay, moving on to the third genie that was originally released. We have Thunderous Incarnate and Therian as well. So we'll talk about Incarnate first. It is another Prankster user, also getting Defiant as its hidden ability. Now, tied with Tornadus for a special attack, Thunderous comes in at a whopping 125 as well, and also at 111 speed. Electric and flying, so it's your Zapdos combination. It does gain access to Acrobatics, Snarl, Sunny Day, and Zen Headbutt, and it does lose things such as Sludge Wave, Rising Voltage, uh, superpower, toxic weather ball. So, uh, thunderous is a very, very strong special attacker. Some of the what you'll notice we're sort of setting the stage here early, but there's quite a few electric Pokemon coming in with the home update that is coming into a meta with a ton of water Terra types. I mean, you know, with if you're using even just 252 on uh, on that special attack, it hits 177 with Stab Thunderbolt or even Thunder in the Rain. That is doing a lot of damage. I haven't used too much of... Uh, I haven't used too much of the Thunderous Incarnate version. Uh, I know that it was pretty big in Sword and Shield with, Pranks, with, uh, with Defiant as a... Uh, intimidate check for incineroar but um before we go on to that uh we'll circle roll back uh circle back real quick to tornadus terra types what do you guys think will be the uh the dominant ones there um i think dark or flying dark because i feel like the prankster like as soon as mm-hmm. you see it you're gonna see pranksters versus pranksters at some point and then it'll be like maybe some mirror matches where it's like tornadus used to run taunt so it's like I could see it just be like, oh, as the anti-taunt move, or like uh, just so it doesn't take a full ice spinner 
or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. But either that or it's just going to be the offensive tariff flying. Like, I don't see too many instances where I'll be like, oh, I want to tear the fuck out of this right now. Okay. Yeah. Or like, <clears throat> or Terra Ghost. Typically, you would see the Terra Dark or Terra Ghost on your like supporting Pokemon. For fake um, out, yeah. Yeah. For fake out and stuff. I could also see like Terra Steel because you see Terra Steel on Grimmsnarl as a, as a screensetter because a lot, two of uh, Flying's weaknesses, Rock and Ice, are resisted by Steel. So that could be like a, a nice way to to cover up that weakness. Yeah. I'm also thinking maybe grass for uh like safety goggle support. And uh but maybe not. I mean, because you still get the ice weakness, but then you do gain the electric resistance, but then you also pick up a flying weakness, so you're sort of weak to the mirror. So maybe not though. I think I think what you guys are saying with a uh, ghost dark steel, probably gonna be your best bets there, yeah. Uh, so going back to Thunderous, we'll talk about the Incarnate version first. Do you guys think that Prankster or Defiant is going to be used more often? Um, I think Prankster. I, I don't think Defiant Thunderous is going to be like a big thing anymore. Uh, it was only for Incineroar. It was only for Parting Shot. Um, definitely, I could see Prankster Thunderous with Eerie Impulse and stuff like that. Definitely, you know, taken over. Yeah, it gets Thunder Wave too. It does not get Prankster Tailwind, which is very important to note. R.I.P. Yeah. Eerie Impulse, Thunder Wave. It does get Nasty Plot, which is kind of cool. Substitute, um, Taunt, that kind of stuff could could see use on Thunderous. Yeah, I remember the the uh, during the Dynamax formats, you would see Thunderous with Defiant specifically. Again, this is a perennial problem with these genies. That if you're not Tornadus, you have basically no flying stab. Right. Um, and then you have issues with your other stabs. In Thunderous's case, you had you had to use fly for your physical flying stab, and you either had to use wild charge or thunder punch for yeah. your physical electric moves, which and neither of those are really great um electric moves. Um, but if you're Dynamax, you have high base power moves. And if you're at plus one or plus two, who cares if your special if your physical attack kind of stinks? But we saw in non-Dynamax formats that Defiant Thunder is just tanked because, again, it just doesn't have good stabs. Um, so I don't think you'll see much Defiant Thunderous in Scarlet and Violet just because, again, it has to rely on either Acrobatics or Terra Blast for its flying stab if it wants to go physical. And it still just doesn't have any good, like really good physical electric moves. Right. So yeah, the Prankster set is going to be is going to be awesome with eerie impulse and like specifically damage mitigation and annoying things because we haven't really had a eerie impulse pokemon in scarlet and violet like i think raichu gets it but nobody uses raichu yeah it's just not fast enough to really do anything of significance yep and so that'll be nice to have in the format we have um a lot of intimidators but we don't have that much eerie impulse or snarl support right now because we have a lot of Defiant Mons that if you accidentally switch into a Snarl, you're now facing a plus two King Gambit or Annihilate or something like that. Right. So, yeah. Special Thundee. Cool. And speaking of Special Thunderous, the Therian version gets a whopping 145 special attack on 101 speed. So, of course, keeping with that electric flying 
type combination. It does not get access to Hurricane, but of course it does get Thunder and Thunderbolt plus, you know, Bolt Switch. Uh, Wild Bolt Storm is that 100 power 80 base accuracy move for this Thunderous with a 20% chance to paralyze the both of the foes. Get Psychic, Sludge Bomb, Focus Blast, Dark Pulse, so it gets a wide array of special attacks. This thing is 101 speed is a little bit, I guess, maybe on the slower side, but with Volt Absorb as its ability and just that massive special attack, maybe a Choice Scarf set or something like that, or even, you know, Life Orb, if you can set it up on a Tailwind team, could be very, very good. Hot take. I think this is Thundy. This is Thundy T's generation. Okay. Because okay. you have Volt Absorb, right? And that let that allows you to make sure that all your electric all electric attacks going into it are going to be absorbed. So you can go like Terra Water or Terra Flying and just not have a weakness. If you're Terra Water, you're just weak to grass. Mm-hmm. And if you're Terra Flying, not only do you get rid of your um, electric weakness, but you also now have a Terra Blast stab that you can just fire off and nuke stuff with. Right. So I think that's it. I, we and I think Shinobi and I, or Tony and I, uh, we're uh, you can cut out the Shinobi part, I guess. Um, either either one works. Yeah, either one works. Uh, but Tony and I were playing with Thunderous uh, Therian towards the end of Sword and Shield, and oh yeah, it, I mean it it nuked stuff. I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing how it's going to even nuke even more stuff. That was gross. It was a Discwake team, but it was like Landorus Therian and just Thunderous Therian, and they were just yeah. I think we just like that was it. That's all you had to do, and it was just done. And I was like, oh, gross. Gross. Yeah, no, I think the same thing. It's just like, it doesn't have too many, it doesn't really need too much. So it's like Terra Water would be cool and Terra Flying would be cool just to like take advantage of the Volt Absorb. I will say the one thing that I do feel bad for, for these two genies, is uh, the missing of the attack Weather Ball. I think Weather Ball was a cool move. But also, yeah, no, just weather ball. Because oh, I saw it said sludge, and then I had to like scroll over. Gotcha. It's sludge wave they, that they lose. But yeah, I think uh, terra water, terra flying. I think terra flying will just be better in general. So that way you get that nice little stab going on. And then it's it has grossly high special attack. And then just, yeah, it's just going to, Thunderous Therian is going to be gross. I don't think you'll see any incarnate though. I think yeah. Incarn is just like going to be there. Okay. Like, oh, cool. I do like the Water Terra idea on Thunder Therian. And you could even run still Terra Blast on that one. Rain team, it, you know, still do a, a bunch of damage because no one's really going to be running a grass type into Thunder Therian, really. Plus, you get Sludge Bomb if you really want to have something for those grass types. But cool. That is so, those are the three genies and their both of their forms. So let's also talk about Enamorous. So Enamorous is the fourth genie. I don't quite know the lore necessarily, but it existed in Hisui and is now able to be transferred into Scarlet and Violet. Um, Enamorous is fairy and flying. has two forms, of course. Uh, The first one being Enamorous incarnate with... 115 base attack, 135 special attack, and 106 speed. It gets contrary as an ability, which is not one that we see or that we have 
Or I guess we do we do have uh that grass Pokemon with contrary. Lorantis. Lorantis, yeah. And they just <laughs> nerf that thing to the ground. But contrary for those that don't know, will reverse a any stat boost or debuff that you get. So a snarl drop actually turned into a special attack boost or an icy wind speed boot a speed drop turns into a icy wind speed boost so kind of a cool thing that you can see for um for coming in with 115 base attack i mean you can take some of those intimidate drops and turn them into defiant boosts basically and do some pretty significant damage it gets quite a bit of physical attacks it gets outrage it's superpower um it gets fly body slam so maybe there's something there but then of course on the special side with you know, 135 base special attack. It ties Fluttermane and is only one point less than Hatterene. Of course, it gets Moonblast, Dazzling Gleam, but then it also gets things like Sludge Bomb and Extrasensory, Earth Power. So it gets that ground and fairy coverage. Enamorous is going to be pretty fun to use, I think. Much more offensive Togekiss. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think the idea that it's gonna be a new fairy type <laughs> it's gonna be the best thing about it right <laughs> because it we've had flutter main in the format for not only reg b and reg c and it's been just dominating teams because it is one of the strongest special fairies that we've got um and it's also one of the strongest special ghosts that we got and one of the fastest and i think enamorous will do a good job of just diversifying the fairy metagame at least because you've got fairy coverage for stab, you've got earth power for that fairy ground stuff. You can do um, some terror blast stuff for your um, for flying stab. You have superpower, which if you do some calcs, you can actually get superpower uh, to Oko King Gambit if you have a Chien Pao on the field. And it has Tailwind, right? It has all these different options to it, all in one Pokemon. So I know we'll we'll probably still see a lot of Fluttermane because Fluttermane just has all these tools but i think enamorous will uh definitely be a, a strong force in the metagame but i think the cool thing about enamorous is uh it's like kind of a mixed attacker but then its therian is like super bulky so like uh the normal one it'll just be a, like a little fast quick attacker yeah you get the superpowers off uh so that's what attack and defense and then um yeah, I mean that's it really. Just like it it'll be gross. You'll be able to like hit it with the moon blast and then also a superpower. It's gonna it's gonna be super versatile for sure. I'd rather get to the Therian though. Yeah, the, the Therius the, the, the Therian version is very, very unique. It speed drops all the way down to 46. It gets the ability of overcoat, which is fantastic against Amoongus as it's immune to powder moves. Um, we also see that on Rev of Room. You just don't see Rev of Room very much, but keeping that 135 base special attack, its defenses increase to 110 on, on defense and 100 on special defense. And again, that's speed at 46. So this is a built for Trick Room Mon and keeping all of those same moves, it can do you know a ton of damage and potentially go... Go first in Trick Room at, at 46 speed is, is very good. Um, so, Tony, I'll throw it back to you since you were eager to talk about it. Yeah, so, like, like like we talked about, like, it's it's definitely super bulky, which is super nice. 
Um, it's I feel like it's going to be one of those. It's going to be it's going to feel like Ting Lu where it's slow, but it necessarily doesn't mean that the how slow it is is going to nerf how much it does to you. And it's still one fifteen attack, which is still like pretty decent. Like it's not it's not like if it does decide to use superpower in theory and form, it's not like you're not going to take a chunk. Um, it, it could be used in trick room teams though, also. But I feel like it's just going to be like a nice little AV set. You know, it could be paired with Ting Lu if you want it to be, but like it, it'll be definitely a bulky AV set and just moon blast just all day. Yeah, that overcoat letting you get around the Moongus is going to be awesome in Trick Room. Just completely awesome because the Moongus is the common counter for Trick Room teams. Um, and a fairy Pokemon that ignores that naturally, ugh, match made in heaven. Yep, very much so. All right, well, staying in Hisui for this next one, we have Mama Bear herself, Ursaluna, coming in with a another great build. 130 base HP, 140 base attack, 105 base defense, 45 special attack, which is great because you're never going to use it, 80 special defense, and 50 speed. The ability Guts is really great, also gets bulletproof, and unnerve so another mon that could be immune to amoongus by taking that flame orb and avoid being put to sleep ursaluna i know people are really salivating about with that 140 base attack you get you know facade you get earthquake you get headlong rush this thing is potentially suited to hit like a truck in trick room could even if you wanted to maybe put it on a super fast tailwind team because at jolly 252 plus you are able to hit 112 so you know turn around to 224 and you're gonna be faster than everything that isn't boosted so that's also something to uh to keep in mind for I will say I am also on that train for Ursaluna. I just went today to go get an alpha so I could get that former alpha mark. And I am ready. The things that I do want to know, besides belly drum, I, I don't think belly drum is going to be a good idea. Please don't do it. it. Like it sounds cool, but like I don't think it'll be easy to pull off. Um, the note, the moves that I do want to note though are like Avalanche. I think Avalanche is kind of a cool move that's like underutilized, and I think Ursaluna might be the one to use it. Where it's like uh, it, it always goes last, or it goes last, but it always hits double the power if it goes last. It gets close combat, it gets drain punch, uh, earthquake gunk shot, which is a move we don't see that much anymore. Hammer arm for you trick room lovers, and headlong rush, which has obviously been dominating the game right now. Yeah, no, Ursuline is going to be gross, but like I don't think it's going to be as gross as everyone is hoping for. But I definitely could see a lot of flame warp guts, Ursaluna facades going around for sure. Like it's it's just a match made in heaven. Yeah. I think the only thing I'll add there is that figuring out the terror type might be uh might be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like with enamorous, you know, you could do the stabs, you could do ghost, you could do water, stuff like that for bulk. But for Ursaluna, it has bulk for just days. But you can go Terra Normal to make your facades just hurt like heck. You can do Terra Ground to make Headlong Rush hurt like heck. Or you can go um, Terra Ghost, uh, and on like an AV set, you could go Terra Ghost and Bulletproof, and now you can't be hit by Shadow Ball. So you basically have a Flutter main check. 
Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun to see what people figure out as a quote unquote best terror type for the big, big bear. Yeah. I, uh, I could definitely see all of that. I didn't get to play around with it because I never played Pokemon legends Arceus. So I'd be curious to see how that goes. Now, this is something that does require an interesting evolution. So you may need to talk to someone to help evolve a, an Ursaring for you or just get access to one, but that'll be a, should be we curious to see how that how that looks and plays as a uh, brand new Pokemon for Generation Nine. Going back to Generation Eight for the final three of these we want to talk about. First one we'll talk about is the Speedy Reggie of Reggie Eliki. Now this thing is it is a race car for sure. It is two hundred base speed, which means without any investment, without a positive nature. It sits at 220 speed, meaning that just by existing, it is faster than bundle. Now, at 252 with Timid, it is not faster than Booster Bundle as it hits 277, but it is still incredibly fast. Um, For those that don't know, it was introduced in the Crown Tundra DLC for Sword and Shield, along with Reggie Drago. It gets the ability Transistor, which means that this Pokemon's offensive stat is multiplied by 1.5 when using an electric-type attack. Its special attack and attack are both the same at 100, so not necessarily world-beating, but when you're getting that 50% boost to something like Thunder or Thunderbolt or you know even Electroweb, it is still doing a lot of damage. So... Just based on the speed alone, the ability to drop speed with Electroweb, the fact that it can set screens pretty reliably if you want to, it can switch out with Volt Switch. I think Reggie Eliki is in a great spot. Another electric attacker to come in and potentially disrupt what some of these water terrors are doing. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think the big thing everyone is scared about, singles and doubles, is Terra Ice, Terra Blast Reggie Eliki. Um, Bolt Because... Reggie Alecki just has no coverage. It has stuff like bounce, explosion, extreme speed, and assurance. Those are not great moves to cover for ground types that are immune to electric types. But if you get a Reggie Alecki an ice move, suddenly you can now clip, you can now clip Landorus, you can now clip Garchomp, it can actually hit those ground types. It's only going to be hitting them with that base 100 special attack though, and transistor isn't going to help that much. Um, so I think a lot of people definitely use Terra Ice or Regieleki as like a go-to Terra type, which is ironic because Terra Ice is normally very terrible, pun intended. But I think a lot of people will realize that you can just team build better and not have to run Terra Blast on Regieleki because uh, it usually is going to run that Electro Web to get some speed control on the, on the field or just run choice specs with just really strong electric moves to knock stuff out yeah i I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see because you're going to have i i feel like you're going to see either terra water terra flying or terra electric just to like get that extra boost in um definitely it's going to be one of those just for the offensive portions and one defensive because like if you get terra flying you can't be hit by earthquake and then you know you're just 
terror blasting the shit out of things. I definitely think they're all going to run terror blast. I can see a definite. I don't know if Thunder Cage is going to be popular. I feel like it could be for like Palafin users, like oh, you know, just Thunder Cage the shit out of them. You can't switch out. But I do think the Terra Ice will be really neat just because of like, like you guys said, but I also think there's going to be the counter terrors of like steel and fire running around still like terrifier mm-hmm. guard chomp, uh, you know? Yeah. Basically just terrifier guard chomp, which was like a big thing, but yeah. So I think it, it'll be pretty cool to see. I think Terra water and Terra flying are like under, underexplored ideas, but I think Terra ice is also just going to be disgusting. See, to me, I look at this thing and I'm like, I can very easily find answers to ground types and grass types. And I would just run this as Terra Electric. Terra Electric choice specs transistor and just like blow things away. You know, just put it up in my mouth. I just put it it next to Chi Yu, put it next to Bundle with Icy Wind support, put it even next to something that's able to set Tailwind and then Rain Dance. Um, that's how I kind of see this going helping hand or something like that. And then just use this as my primary attacker and just add it. So you can tear it if you want to, but you don't necessarily have to. And staying in the DLC of sword and shield, but going to the first one of the Island of armor, we have the Urshifus as our final two. The first one being rapid strike. The second one being single strike. So rapid strike was the water fighting version. And the single strike is the dark fighting variant. Now, the interesting thing about Urshifu in a non dynamax meta is their ability unseen fist. This Pokemon's contact moves ignore the target's protection. Yes, it can hit through protect. So that's going to be things like close combat or aqua jets or uh, their signature moves in surging strikes or wicked below, which not only are able to hit through protect, but are also able to always crit, which is also pretty significant into something like Dondozo. So the other thing, the other thing to note with Wicked Blow is the power was reduced slightly to sixty-five base power as opposed to being seventy-five. I believe it, it moved from eighty to seventy-five. It was okay. So it so it so it, the uh, the drop is already shown in Showdown. Okay, cool. So uh, so the drop is there from yeah eighty to seventy-five, which is still significant, you know, for for the critical hit. And then surging strikes on Urshifu Rapid Strike is it does three hits of 25 base power. So you're still getting those crits on every single one of those moves, allowing you to break sashes, break protect, and do a bunch of damage. I see Chen Pao being a natural partner for these Urshifu. What do you guys think? Just about Urshifu in general. Uh, Urshifu in general is, uh, it's going to be gross. It's it's definitely coming back to the meta. It did really well in Spike Meth. Uh, I guess the real question would be whether it was the you know rapid strike or the wicked blow. Wicked blow being kind of a lesser option to me right now because of flutter mains. But uh, yeah, no, definitely it's going to be disgusting. I could see a bunch of choice scarf uh, Urshifu running around just to break in every protect. Rapid strike gets ice spinner. I just want to throw that out there. Yep. Yep, that's a good point. Some of the additions that they get, Rapid Strike gets Ice Spinner, they both get Trailblaze, and they both get Swords Dance. 
Yep. Swords Dance is a huge, 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 huge move for them. Because um, crits always get already go through your intimidate drops. They already ignore those. But being able to swords dance, you know, with an Arcanine in front of you and just keep on doing it. Uh, while and the, you know, Terrifier is a natural terror type for both of them mm-hmm. uh, because of that because of um, burns. But being able to swords dance in front of stuff is a really nice way to um, punish passive play. Uh, Trailblaze is great coverage. Like get, just getting a grass move. Um, into these bulky waters is going to be great, even if it's you know not that strong. Grass type coverage into bulky waters is nice, especially if you're at you know plus three or whatever because of your sword stance. Mm-hmm. But that ice spinner, oh, being able to get rid of that psychic terrain so you don't have to deal with expanding force from armor rouge is going to be great, and having something to hit grass types which resist your water your water stab on Urshifu. Yep, rapid is going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and to circle back to that terror type of fire, it just makes a ton of sense because both of them being fighting type, you're going to want to try and hit them with Moonblast or some other fairy type. So resist burn, resist, or immune to burn and resist fairy is is perfect for both of those for sure. Yeah, I think Urshifu is going to do, do, do big things. Uh, they both have the same exact stat distribution, 100 HP, 130 base attack, 100 defense, 60 special defense, which is very low, but... Uh, you know, not too bad if you can figure out a way around some of those special attackers and then 97 speed. So it doesn't hit that 100 threshold, but 97 is still pretty fast, especially for tailwind teams and things of, uh, you know, they both get priority, whether it's Aqua Jet or Sucker Punch on the Rapid Strike or Single Strike versions, respectively. So definitely be on the lookout for those. Okay. So those were some of the major Pokemon that we think are going to be really big coming back into the meta. I'm very interested to see what they all what they all play with, uh, what they what they pair with, and getting access to some of those great toys like the Ruin Pokemon and uh, the Paradox Mons that you know have truly had that power creep felt as we as we get further into the various generations. So. For just the next, you know, few minutes, we're going to do some quick hitters on some uh, some of the Pokemon that we haven't talked about yet. So we'll go around, guys. Uh, we'll just do like one or two, two, two. Yeah, pick two Pokemon that you want to just briefly touch on that you are either excited about or think is significant moving forward. John, we'll start with you. Yeah. So I think I'll mention a combo. This is Cleavor and Sam and Hisui Samurai. You might have already looked into this before, but both of these are the are the uh, hazard setting Pokemon that we get from Hisui. Cleavor is the past evolution of Scyther. It's a rock and bug type, and it has Stone Axe, which is going to lay uh, stealth rocks for you. And Hisui, Hisui Samurai has a dark type move called Ceaseless Edge. We'll set one layer of spikes with each attack. So both of these are attacks that do damage as opposed to stealth rock and spikes, which are just status moves. Um, I think these will be interesting Pokemon just because they both have sharpness. Both of their hazard setting moves are affected by sharpness. So this is like choice banded, oh, cool. hazard setting, damage. You know, it, it's going to be really cool to see more hazards in VGC um, and keeping up that offensive tempo with them. So I'm excited to at least try them out. Cool. Tony? Well, the first one I'm going to say is uh, everyone's looking at the Heeswin Pokemon. So I'm I'm going to go back to the old ones. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Alolan Persian. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going with Alolan Persian. Uh, the the cool things that I notice about it is it does get Chilling Water and Helping Hand now. It was always really good support 
like it wasn't like phenomenal but like it's definitely one of the better support users with fake out parting shot it, besides not having intimidate it's almost like having a incineroar with you but now you get chilling water you get helping hand you get thunder waves uh, i think it's going to have some usage i don't know if it'll be like the next most phenomenal fucking thing in the world but i think it's definitely gonna it has potential for sure and then the next one that i do want to bring up is a uh, Galarian Slow King. It has a really good defensive typing, which is what drew drew me to it before. But uh, another thing that I want to note is the two abilities, you know, the one where it's like, oh, you can reset your stats, but then it also gets regenerator with chili reception. So you have another chili reception user than normal slow king because of the typing. But also the ability, the new moves that it gets are like acid spray, chilling, chilling water. Uh, chili reception, helping hand, low sweep, uh, snarl, taunt, terror blast, toxic, and there's not too many toxic users, especially poison type ones. So, mm-hmm. never missing a toxic, getting the taunts off, snarl is just going to be a really good support. Nice. And uh, I have two as well. My first one is Heatran. I love Heatran. It is an incredibly bulky Pokemon, 91 HP, 106 defense, 106 special defense with a whopping 130 in special attack. It's in the top five for defense, special attack, and special defense for fire types. And so the combo fire and steel is great for that anti-fairy, and the ability flash fire is great for you know the fact that you could go grass terra if you wanted to and then give yourself terra blast. You can give your you can go with, you know steal if you want and then you get double stab on flash cannon while also removing that four times weakness to ground i think heat ran could be really good especially with like whether it's av or scarf or specs life orb uh whatever you want to do even focus sash even uh, it also gets like stealth rocks sometimes i think so that kind of thing could be really good for for teams if they are looking for a special attacking fire type that isn't chi you Although I guess Chiu probably is the uh, the dominant one, but uh, Heat Rant could be good. And I also want to make note of Glastriere, not because I think it's going to be good, but because, oh, how the mighty have fallen. It loses high horsepower, Icicle Spear. Are you kidding me? It loses Icicle Spear, so we can't even do loaded dice Icicle Spear with it. It loses Mega Horn. It loses Superpower. It loses Throat Chop. That is insane. They absolutely stripped this beast and it's so it's such a shame 100 hp 145 attack 130 defense 110 special defense and 30 speed it was so excellent and its ability is what is it it's not grim nay it's the other one it's a moxie boost on on kill so it's like it just snowballs which is absolutely a snow pun and it's like you put that (laughs) thing in in snow and it's even even bulkier it's like Mm. they knew that it was going to be amazing and they just had to nerf it into the ground so i bring it up because it's like i'm sure that a bunch of you were excited about it probably shouldn't be which is unfortunate Uh, we'll see if it learns anything with like move tutors and stuff like that in the future but early on it's not looking good for you boy rip (laughs) rip indeed so that is Pokemon Home again. By the time that you are listening to this, it will be out. So uh, I hope everyone enjoys that. And uh, for this week, please let us know what is a Pokemon that either we talked about 
or have not talked about that you are most excited to use that comes in from the home update? Let us know. You can reach us at trainersschoolpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can come to our Discord. The show link will be, or like the link will be in the notes of the show. Um, and uh, and let us know. Come check us out. Maybe join a tournament. You know, get get some battles in. Just say hi. Let us know you came from the podcast. That'd be cool. But yeah, thank you guys so much. That was that is going to be the episode. A little bit longer, but we had a lot to cover. So thank you both so much for sticking with me and thank you for listening we certainly do appreciate it we'll say our goodbyes and throw it over to you first tony hasta la fuego and john hasta vacado thank you everyone we hope you enjoyed class dismissed we should do a detention just like one day just have like every worst person and just do a detention episode we'll see